let's just do it, Simone. Let's you and I just do a show right now. Let's, let's just do, do a it. show. I love it. Showtime. Hello. Do, do, what? Yes. No. Go ahead. No. Sorry. I interrupted the show. We had a plan and then I blew it. Not important. I, I was just going to say I'm, like, hello and welcome to Rocket. And then I was going to say accelerated geek conversation because that's like the tagline of the show. And then after yeah. after I said those things, I was going to introduce me. Um, yeah. At Simone de Rochefort. Okay. I'm a video producer at Polygon.com. <laughs> And then, like, after that, I would say, like, tonight's show, I'm joined by you, Brianna Wu, who is a Democratic candidate for Congress, who just got on the ballot today. I did? Well, there's still some stuff we've got to do. Uh, To be very specific, uh, we went and got certified, and we dropped off all our signatures at the various various town clerks all around uh, Boston and Massachusetts 8. So, like, 200 signatures over in Braintree and, you know, another 300 in Brockton. So, we started dropping all of those off. We get a call back in about uh, a week letting us know what percent of our signatures are valid. And because we collected 3,000, we expect to have 2,000 that are valid. But, you know, it's not all over till the until it's oh, all God, over. Oh God, it's terrifying. But I know, but I'm not just the Democrat candidate for Congress this week, Simone. I'm also. Do you hear this? Uh oh. Do you hear this sound? Oh, I hear it. I hear it. Do Do you hear this? What, do you know what this what is? What is this? I have the Infinity Gauntlet. <gasps> I have no! an Infinity Gauntlet. And I pre-ordered one of these for $99, and they are the, like the hottest toy. And I looked on eBay today, and these are going for like $500. What? So it's a giant infinity gauntlet with articulated fingers inside of it. So you can like hold a coffee cup in this <gasps> hand that's three times bigger than your hand. <laughs> and it's awesome. This is madness. And it madness. makes all these sounds. Right. So this is my plan to win is I have the powers of mind, soul, space, time, and reality. So, you know, it's all over. Two things. I need a picture of you drinking coffee with the Infinity Gauntlet. And then I also need you to just for the rest of time to use that. If we ever go over time on a topic, I want to hear that horrendous. (laughs) It sounded like you were dragging a broken guitar across the floor. I don't know what it sounds like in real life. That's what it sounds like over the headphones. That's it. That's it. Do you think Christina would stop? No. Or do you think she she would not? Yes. She would keep going. That's why I need the power of reality and time. Yeah. And space. (laughs) Like, I need three three infinity jumps to to, make the show start on time to make the show end on time (laughs) another part of the intro i just want to quickly mention that i would say is that this episode is brought to you by text expander and eero oh oh. that's what i would say if i were introducing the show okay and then i I guess after that we go into uh the first topic of the show and the first topic of the show that i think we discussed about doing tonight uh when whenever we start the show you know uh is about lauren goods actually no it's about the nintendo labo Yes. Yeah, it's about Nintendo Labo. Oh my Labo. god, we're breaking news on Rocket for the first time. I'm so excited. Is it oh. for the first time? Okay. Well, not the first time, but I feel we break I feel the like news. because I haven't seen any news about it and you're telling me about it. I feel like you're bringing breaking news to me personally. Yeah, this so this so. is awesome. Like earlier today, this is how quickly this has all happened. Earlier today, Bree was like, "Oh, 
can you talk about Nintendo Labo? Because I've heard that some people are getting it early. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to have time to get hands on with it. We don't have one. Uh, immediately after that, everything changed. <laughs> <gasps> and not only did we have one, but I was making an unboxing video and playing with it. And it is very very cool. Like, as a person who... I, I I think I thought it was cool from the trailers, but I wasn't, like... Eh, I wasn't totally, totally enthusiastic about it in the way that a lot of people were. I thought it was interesting. Having played with it, it is a pretty mind-blowing. So, do you want me to just tell you what well, we... Well, I, I want to describe to our listeners. Like, we're going to include this video in the show notes. And mm-hmm. if you need to just experience joy, just unfettered joy in the age of Trump, please watch this video of Simone and her male counterpart, <laughs> who's like, like also as full of joy as Simone, like experiencing the childlike wonder of opening up Nintendo Labo. And just to back up, Nintendo Labo is a, it's a, it's a set of accessories that come with Switch that will literally turn your Switch into like a, a robot suit, or in this case, it was like a, ro- a, a car. It's all built out of cardboard and using all these cool tricks with the, the Nintendo stuff. So, yeah, like, what, what was it like? Tell me everything. It's really cool. So the box that you get, essentially, this is the variety pack. Uh, I'll do the spiel. It comes out on Friday, 420, blaze it, $69.99. Nice. In that box, you just have a ton of sheets of cardboard, and that's enough for the main five Labo projects, which which is basically, it's not the cool robot suit, unfortunately, but it is everything else that you can do with this. And so that includes, like, a fishing rod. It includes a house that has a bunch of different functions. The quickest thing to build was the RC car, and we had <gasps> limited time to do a project, so we built the RC car. And you have in the box enough uh, templates for two RC cars. So it's all sheets of cardboard with pre-cut shapes in them, and you punch those out with your fingers, like, it, and it comes, oh my god, Brie, the cardboard sound, they just pops out so easily, and oh. it's so pleasant and nice. Uh, and so that's super easy and satisfying, first of all. Like, that was it just a really good solid tactile experience like that's something that nintendo is very good at is just this feels nice they sure didn't do that with the wii u but the nintendo switch like feels (laughs) nice it feels like a well-designed product this cardboard somehow feels like a well-designed product so are you saying if i've had a bad day and i open up my nintendo labo and i take the cardboard out and i pop it out are you saying it will fill me with joy and cure the exhaustion i feel like day to day and running for congress it will cure nintendo your labo will fix that yes. oh god that sounds amazing everything. that sounds until great until you realize you've popped out all the pieces but not built everything and then they're all <laughs> scattered around your house and your dogs are eating right. them um, yes. so the car is super easy to make it's basically just a frame and then you take the Joy-Cons off your Switch and you stick them in these slots on the side of the cardboard frame. And then with the app, that the game cartridge that is in your Switch at this point, that contains the instructions and it contains the game that you can play with, uh, with the device. So in that app, in the play section, there are buttons. Like you basically use it as a controller to drive the car. 
Uh, and it doesn't have wheels. It, like, has these little legs, and the Joy-Cons <gasps> will rumble, and their movement rumbles the car along, and you can oh. change the intensity, like, the hertz of the rumbling, like, by side, so you can decide to have, like, one side rumble more intensely than the other to, like, make turns easier. It It's just, it's super cute, and, like, it just chugs along, this cute little thing, but the best part of it, the part that blew our freaking minds was that so one of the joy cons has an infrared camera and as far as i know it's not really used for any games except it it is used in the nintendo labo because they're in the interface on the switch you can see through the infrared camera so like if you stick your hand in front of the rc car in front of that camera it'll show your hand on the screen (sighs) And, like, you oh put your face God. in. And then there's a mode. You can turn it from manual mode into auto mode. You stick something like your hand that can be seen in infrared in front of that camera, and the car will follow it automatically. <laughs> it is bonkers. It is oh. absolutely bonkers. It is And so all of that cool. is possible because of the cardboard antenna, right? It's absolutely. all the cardboard antenna technology it's built into that? all that, that n- antenna technology. Uh, it, it cardboard okay. in- antenna technology, which which is called antenna. As, as I ju- <laughs> it was not misspeaking on my part just then. I didn't misspeak. Right. I definitely meant to say antenna. Um, <laughs> the, the antenna that Bree's alluding to is like a little like punch out antenna that you it's stick so on the switch cute. and it's totally oh, cosmetic and it's so oh. cute, but like this is very vital. It, it yes. honestly speaks to the, the design ethos here because it's this cute little antenna that does nothing, but the sides of it, the tabs, the cardboard tabs you fold in slot perfectly into the rails on the side of your switch. And it, it, it's literally made for it. It's so freaking adorable. So one of the the concerns that people had about Nintendo Labo when it was announced is, um, like right now, you saw Christina and I's reaction to the Super Nintendo, right? Like there are children, they're going to be playing with this today. They're going to want to be playing with this 20 years from now. So do you think, like, is this something that's durable? If you Can you take it apart and, like, store it somewhere? Are you going to have to, like like put it in an erythrocyte cube and like <laughs> just like get a giant thing of plastic. I mean, how what what does the durability seem like for you? That I think is one of my bigger concerns with it is that the the cardboard is super high quality. It is very very sturdy. Like I I was never I never felt like I was in danger of bending it and they tell you not to bend it except, you know, where you're meant to. I never felt like I was in danger of crushing it or anything and the construction, the final construction is very sturdy with all the tabs slotted in together. Like, it's not going to fall apart. That being said, I can imagine children playing too roughly with it or, like, driving it into water or something or just, like, I don't know, accidentally sitting on it. Like, there are so many things that could happen to it with basic play just because kids are less careful than adults. So, that that kind of is where my worry is. And that's honestly only because of the general expense of the thing. Um, like Nintendo tells you to keep the, the um, cardboard that you've punched the shapes out of so that you can use those as templates to make new parts. 
But honestly, like this cardboard uh, is so, it's so specific. Like it's a very specific thickness. It has all the tabs and shapes and stuff. Like I can't, you, you're not going to be able to take like, oh, this is my extra moving box. I'm going to draw these shapes on it and cut it out and make a new Labo. Like it's just not going to work as well because that cardboard is not the same. It's not as high quality as this cardboard. Nintendo right. is of course selling replacement sheets so that you can make more of these. But like still Wait, tell ugh. me about that. How does that so the there's a disc that comes with it, I assume, or is that incorrect? Like how are the games? Is it, that like it's all on the cartridge? Okay, so there's a cartridge that comes like a physical cartridge that goes in your switch, and then Nintendo is selling backup car, like cardboard pieces. Backup and cardboard how pieces. Much, how much are those? Where can you get them? Uh, I'm gonna double check that actually really quick. Uh, I, I want to. I know that it's less expensive, obviously, than the uh, than the main pack. Right. But it's like, I'm remembering, um, you know, this is kind of before your time, Simone, but uh, they had, I forget which Super Nintendo game uh, it was, or it may have been Super Metroid. And basically they shipped it and it came out like a fault where it would not save your game. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo's solution for that was for you to mail the Super Nintendo game back to them and then they would fix it and send it back to you, which was a suboptimal they solution. Still do, they still do that with the play. Nintendo Switch. Like when uh, right. people switches were getting bricked by third-party uh docs that's right that's right i forgot about yeah that. and then they yeah. would send them back and there's obviously as we all know no way to back up your save data off the switch yep. so people were losing yep. their whole games um yep. i'm sorry i'm still looking for this information about that but but yeah like it, it's definitely I mean, it's less it's less right it, it is very like pure magic to create and the quality of the product itself is incredible but that does not mean like it's still cardboard it's not like an NES, which is a brick that can never right. be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've never tried to replace a 72 pin connector fair. inside of one of those. Very it certainly fair. can be destroyed. Uh, can I tell uh, you so, about something that you will find super cool? Actually? Yes. Please, so there's please, a third please, function please. of the, the switch program. So there's the make section, which teaches you how to make stuff. There's the play, which uh, is the games. And then there's a discover section. And in there, there is something called Labo Garage, which lets you program your own actions for the Joy-Cons. So you can essentially create, like, for example, for uh, constructions that don't have two-player games, you can create your own. Hmm. Wow. So, And I, I have not explored this extensively, but that's kind of what they're they're billing it as is like the, this is how you add your own functionality to the joy cons. So, so basically what you're telling me is the new retirement plan for millennials is to like, <laughs> like get cardboard and like construct a society that's not broken out of Nintendo switches. Yeah. And yeah, that's exactly yeah, what I'm you're saying. Gonna, you're going to create a utopia because no, no other system is working. So <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that will work out. Um, did you have a chance? chance to play with any of the other ones or see anyone else in the office because like if i'm trying to decide today if i'm going to buy this you know i have to pick between the starter pack which is what 69 and then the robot pack and because my husband is frank woo i'm obviously like robot pack but then i'm like (laughs) this has a piano and i can play piano so that's like which of these yeah that's a hard that's a thing um and i so the other stuff 
the RC car takes like 15 minutes to make, honestly less. Everything else takes over an hour to make, so I didn't have time to do it today. That being said, I will, of course, be spending probably the rest of my week making stuff with the Labo. <laughs> but the thing is, like, the robot pack is super cool. It just has that baller robot in it. The variety pack, which is both the cheapest and, like, the main thing, it has yeah. five things in it. And if right. you're not into those five things, you probably won't be into the robot in the end. So, yeah. like, I don't know. If, if I, I think $70 is a lot to ask if you don't know whether you'll be into it. So I guess in that case, I would say find someone who has it and, uh, and talk to them and see if you're into it. But um, I, I am definitely, like, way more sold on it than I was when I when I first heard about this product. Like, I cannot describe the level of pure joy of discovery when we it were- It comes across in your video. I'm glad. It is like, it, it was, I, I wish I'd had like 20 minutes today to watch the entire video because like, you're so happy. I am happy. It's just, yeah. Oh. I'm glad that that came across. Yeah, no, it did. It did. It did. Okay, so I'm going to place an order for the variety kit right now because it's like that's a one in five chance that I will like one of those projects, right? And uh, I don't know. That seems like a good bet. But let me know if I need to buy the robot pack. I'm counting on God, you to I report that to me. I can't wait till we get that okay? darn robot pack. Oh my God, you're going to be stomping around the Polygon office in a robot It's going to be so basically. cool. It's going to be so cool. And that one also. Do you think is- you'll be able to take it over and like turn Polygon into like Simonagon? Oh, yeah. 100%. With like, your robot? No suit? question. Yeah. No question. Right. Yeah, it needs to happen. <laughs> this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends yes. at Smile. Yeah. You can communicate smarter with Text Expander. Create snippets for things you type or things that you copy and paste all the time. No more of that. You can set up snippets for uh, website URLs that you visit super often, set up snippets for email addresses or today's date or answers to questions that you're asked all the time. Then simply summon your snippets in any app on Mac, Windows, iPhone, and iPad all the things that you use, using an abbreviation, or search for them using a hotkey while you're typing. You can also tailor each snippet with fill-in fields if you need a little more personalization. Text Expander can also be used with Teams to multiply their productivity by making shared knowledge available instantly to anyone who needs it. So you can make your team's common responses accessible and searchable through simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. You can make sure that those responses are written and edited by your best writers. And you can make them available on multiple platforms. Like I said, it's on Mac OS, it's on iOS, it's on Windows, it's web. And you, of course, can have those snippets updated immediately and everywhere when they're modified. No more miscommunications, no more missed emails. It's just there in your snippets that are shared with your whole team. So if you're on a support team or a sales team, or if you're in a legal, medical, or real estate profession, for example, <laughs> Text Expander can transform your work, leaving you more time to focus on what you do best. Brianna, if you're using this for communicating with your constituents, which obviously you sent them bespoke handwritten letters on only the finest parchment <laughs> written with a feather quill from an eagle who brought it to you in the night, 
and sort of gifted it to you as a representative of America. But if you weren't right. doing, if you weren't using those tools, age old tools of our founding fathers, um, right? What would you use text expander snippets for to communicate with your constituents? So, so no joke. I really could not be running the campaign as well as I am without Text Expander. And even if they weren't a sponsor on the show, I would say that. You know, for me, the big advantage I have over my opponent is authenticity. And we take like communicating with people one-on-one very seriously, but it's obviously very time-consuming. So, you know, like uh, I send off emails by saying, all the best, Brianna Wu. You know, for me, it's like forward slash ATB. And it's, we have snippets set up for all of that, these phrases I just use all the time. And what I want people to know is Text Expander has really, I mean, I'm not going to kid you. When it first came out and you were juggling between iOS and like Mac and these different platforms, it was more difficult to sync snippets. They have it so it's completely seamless now. On iOS, you know, the keyboard that you use, it's very, very easy. This is, it's it's a joy to use. And like, this is, it's just, if you have any kind of um, job where you are like writing things, like maybe you're coding, maybe you're like doing customer service, maybe you're running for office, any of that, like text expander is just something that you have to have. Mm-hmm. Thank you for telling us. And I'm sure that what the people want to know now is that they can go to textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year. Just tell them that you heard about them on this here show, Rocket. That's again, textexpander.com slash podcast. Open it up in your browser right now. You get 20% off your first year when you tell them that you came from Rocket. Thank you so much, Text Expander, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. Now, Brianna, I have just yes. spoken so much, and I want to drink some water here. So I want <laughs> you to tell me what the heck is going on with Tesla. I mean, it's a real mess, right? Um, so a lot is going on. When we were first uh, planning this topic, um, you know, basically there was some heat because Tesla Model 3 production was shut down yet again. And this has happened repeatedly. And it was, um, there was a lot of talk in the press this week, like how can you continue to take Tesla's like, you know, statements at face value? Like Elon came forward and he's like, well, you know, this is all on me. I tried to make the factories too automated and we need more humans. And it was supposed to be all light and jokey, but some things came out today uh, and earlier this week, they're really concerning, Simone. So one of the first things is basically there were some investigative reports of um, of Tesla's uh, working environments. And I want to tell you, these really, really, really concerned me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were serving in Congress right now, I would be using the power of subpoena to find out more about this because it's really, really concerning. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but OSHA came from the days where you basically have factories running 24 hours a day and like children would lose limbs and, you know, people would become like blinded by chemicals and permanently damaged. And like we passed regulation to address that. 
Um, from the investigative reports, that seems, according to these reports, to be what is going on at Tesla. You have reports of employees being damaged by toxic adhesive that's being used. Mm. You have pictures of uh, like walkways for people to go through that aren't really marked off safely with tape. And this was one of the most stunning statements in this investigative report. And we'll we'll include it in the the link, and you can mm-hmm. read it yourself. But their 2016, uh, you know, safety supervisor of the Model 3 plant, you know, she she wrote a letter directly to Elon saying, like, look, I know safety. Safety is my job. I know the things that keep, you know, people that care about safety up at night. I can't sleep at Tesla. Ooh. And Tesla's response to that was to just discredit everything that she brought forward. So oh dear. You, know, you, you, you really do have reports of employees being permanently injured and like then moved down in pay and unable to move back up or in some cases fired because of attendance issues. Um, and yeah, you know, Tesla put out a blog post that, you know, it's, I mean, it's what a lawyer and a marketing person together would write. I read it. I did not find it compelling, uh, given the caliber of the report that was written about it. And we also know this is breaking news as we're reporting this tonight, Mm -hmm. is that California is um, basically opening up um, basically a look at environmental um, sanctions against Tesla. So, um, you know, when the story first came out, Tesla shut down the Tesla three, uh, the model three plant for a while. And just before we're going to air, they're announcing that they're going straight back to running at 24 hours a day. That's what I'm looking at right now is the piece about how they're, they're trying to basically amp up production so that they meet the, the targets that they've been missing with the model three, which how, how can you justify that when people are being injured well at- well tesla's a 50 billion dollar company yeah. Simone, and their entire future is the model three so this is where it's like oh gotta make a profit Yikes. you know even if it's killing or hurting people um yeah very disturbing Jeez, that <sighs> i guess it just makes me wonder how a company like tesla especially which, which has been under a lot of scrutiny, not for controversial reasons, but because people are excited about this product. How do they get to a point like this where these issues have not yet been addressed? Obviously, like you said, they're a $50 billion company, but it, it seems shocking and horrible to me that this has, has happened that this is the first that I'm hearing about it, even though Tesla has been around and it's been like a, an interesting star product that people are excited about for so long. Well, I mean, you know, Simone, part of the reason why it's important to read history is it's like reading prophecy, you mm-hmm. know, like what has happened before will happen again. Uh, you know, the United Auto Workers of America that didn't form for no reason. Yeah. It formed because of working environments exactly like this. Uh, you know, what I've been saying, and look, I, I, I'm a car girl. Like, if you don't know this, if you're listening to Rocket, but I bother Simone and Christina every week, like talking about <laughs> cars. I do. Uh, like, I love cars. And a lot of my friends have Teslas and they love them. And, you know, from an environmental standpoint, like EVs are the future. And when the history of this industry is written, 
Elon will get a lot of credit for like forcing the American um, you know auto industry to get competitive with EVs. Mm-hmm. He had a vision there, and it's you know this is really important. But at the same time, it's like these. You have car companies that have been building these cars and figuring out all the production issues and like how to hire people and how to keep the plant safe for longer than I've been alive. Actually, for longer than you, me, and Simone have been alive <laughs> put together. Like, honestly. And, you know, like, I don't care how aggressive your startup is, you can't like suddenly have several plants working 24 hours a day overnight. You have to bring people in. You have to train them. You have to figure out where your engineering failures are in the model that you're bringing to market so you can fix it. I mean, you know, the, the first Porsche Boxster, there was a little bitty piece inside the first Porsche Boxster engine, and it was called the IMR bearing. And it would eventually break, and your engine would just literally break permanently to the point where it's just destroyed because this little bitty like $20 piece of aluminum wasn't designed as well as it needed to be. I'm sorry, it's the IMR bearing. And, you know, this destroyed roughly, uh, what was it? Like one, one in 20 Porsche Boxsters that first came out, you know, and they spent years down the line, like legislating that and mm-hmm. like doing settlements that will happen to Tesla. And these Model 3s will have issues with them. They're going to fail because Tesla is just now getting around. So that's what, yeah, yeah. I was just skimming through this and thinking about that because problems in the factory and them pushing this to like 24 7 production and trying to go as fast as possible. That's not just going to result in injuries for the workers. Of course it will. And that's terrible. It won't stop there because they're going to, they're pushing the limits. And obviously, I'm, I want, this car to exist as much as anyone. Cause I, I think it is important to have this technology, but like you said, just cause you're a cool, awesome startup with a lot of funding in an, an ecological product that everyone's excited about. doesn't mean that you get to skirt the regulations that exist because people died for them yeah. for decades. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting. Like I have a, a Porsche Cayman GTS that is, um, it, it's it's a car. It's going to be here soon. You can go online and you can watch like videos of people building nine elevens in Germany, and it is, you know, so it's really really interesting. Even if you're not a car person, to see like a a woman come and like get like a literal sheet of leather from a cow, yeah. and then like dye it, and then carefully cut the fabric strips into what becomes your car seat, and see like the love by which it's like put and molded there and sewn together or like the people working on your nine eleven engines. And that happens because of like, you know, unions and mm-hmm. also like a long history, like Porsche has been doing this for a really long time. So I just, you know, I, I, I think about this, I want EVs to succeed, but the more I think about it, I don't think Tesla is going to be the company to get us there. I don't. Um, you know, Porsche has put out the um, the Model E. That's their EV that's going to be coming to market. It's priced pretty much exactly on par with the Model S. And, um, you know, one of the really interesting things is they're investing in billions 
in electrical infrastructure stations. So while you're out driving it, you can uh, charge up your car much, much, much more quickly than the Tesla will charge. And, you know, I obviously realize like 99% of people are not going to be able to buy that car, but that technology will start to filter down. Like mm-hmm. Porsche has a partnership with Audi. Audi has a partnership with Volkswagens. And, you know, all of this is going to make um, American autos stop relying on hybrids and really go all in on EVs. So I I think the future is coming and I think Tesla is the one to, to jumpstart it. I just don't think they're the ones that are going to get us there. It's really fair. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. <laughs> never think about it. Never? Wi- never. You're never going to think about it because Eero have created the dream Wi-Fi setup. A fast, reliable connection throughout your house and even the backyard. And once you set it up, you stop thinking about it because it's just going to function for you. And now is actually the best time to get on board with Eero as they've just released their new super slick second generation devices. So you can think about Wi-Fi even less than you thought about it with Eero before. They have tri-band second, a tri-band second generation model along with the Eero Beacon, which basically lets you build a Wi-Fi system that is perfectly tailored to your house. Nobody knows your house like you do. Those weird little spots where the Wi-Fi is always bad. Fix that. The second generation Eero includes a third 5 gigahertz radio, making it twice as fast as before. So let's, this lets you do more than ever, whatever your Wi-Fi needs, Eero has the power to blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. It sits flat on any surface. You just plug it into the wall with the included power adapter and boom, you're ready to connect your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. And this new Eero also includes a new thread radio, which lets you connect to low power devices such as locks, doorbells, and more. And they're introducing the Eero Beacon, which you plug into a wall to expand coverage into any room. So those dark spots that I was talking about before, boom. You can add as many Eero Beacons as you want, so long as you have an Eero device. And it even includes a built-in LED nightlight with ambient light sensor. I love that. That's one of my favorite features. I love it. Absolutely. I mean, this is a great product, Simone. It's there's there's no way to like say this better than it is the best Wi-Fi product on the market by a very wide measure. Um, it's secure. It's easy to set up. It's plug and play. It is fast. It's faster than Apple's products. Um, this is a fantastic product. You get what you pay for, and uh, if. Like, I assume every single Rocket listener out there has Wi-Fi in your house. Like, you know, don't don't skimp out on this. Like, get something that's really, really good. Uh, Eero is very expandable. Uh, the app is a breeze to set up. And, you know, for the once in a while, like, you do, of course, have to reset your router sometime. And what I love about it is you can just do that from the app. It's oh just click gosh. one button. You're just lazy on the couch. And it's like, oh, the Apple TV cut out. Um, oh, do I go all the way down to the basement? Nope. Not anymore. Yeah. And it's like, then my butt doesn't have to leave the couch, which is a very important feature. That is attractive to me. And the words plug and play (laughs) are very attractive. I love not thinking about things. So if you're interested (laughs) in not thinking, uh, the new Eero system starts at $399 for one second generation Eero and two beacons. 
That is everything that you need to get started. And listeners of this show can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada when you head to Eero.com. That's E-E-R-O.com and use the promo code ROCKET. So once again, Eero.com, E-E-R-O.com with the promo code ROCKET for free overnight shipping. Thank you so much, Eero, for your support of this show. Brianna. Let's yes. talk about some app permissions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep this as a brief topic. But yeah, This is a, um, a really smart piece uh, from Lauren Good over at Wired, uh, who's a very smart person. But um, basically, as you know, because it's been all over the news and all over the show and you're smart people, people are starting to ask more questions about what are the permissions that we grant to Facebook and other apps like that? Because obviously when Facebook uh, was when, – when Facebook first came to Android, it was granted a ton of permissions or it asked for a ton of permissions and was granted them. And then those permissions gradually tightened over the years. The restrictions tightened. But that – is not necessarily like just a one-off situation because every time we install an app, we're, we are asked to grant it permission to access certain data. And often, if you're me, for example, or probably like 90% of people who use a smartphone, you see that pop up about, do you want to grant the app permission to go through your photos or to record video? And you're like, yeah. I do, whatever. I, I just, I'm trying to install an app. Oh my God, stop bothering me. Or in the case of like, if you're installing a ride sharing app, obviously it needs location data to work. You tell it that it can look at your location data. Boom. Um, but these pop-ups uh, don't necessarily communicate the exact, with granularity, the kind of data that the app is accessing like this piece by Lauren, um, which is basically just kind of explaining in plain words, something that I think has needed to be said for a while uh, that location data isn't just where you are on a map. It could also be your altitude, for example. So some apps understand what floor of a building you live on, because that's the granularity of location data that they can access. And I, I think that th this piece is fantastic because a, it's calling for people to, for apps to be more cautious about what they ask for, for manufacturers like Apple and Google to be m more careful about, like, not just offering all access to a camera roll, offering maybe only write access to a camera roll or only read access to a camera roll, but not, or yeah, sorry, if you're taking photos, you need write access, but you don't necessarily need read access for all the photos on the camera roll. Um, exactly. Just for everyone to be more conscious of these permissions and how they work, as well as explaining it for people who don't really think about that. Well, I, I do want to say I am very, I, I continue to be very skeptical of anyone that says like the, the way forward is just to inform users um, and educate them. In fact, I think more granularity would actually confuse them, right? Like, I mean, honestly, if I were talking to my husband, and I know for a fact, if a screen came up that said, oh, well, do you want to give this permission to write as well as read to your photos? He'd be like, oh, this hurts my brain to mm -hmm. think about. Like, just hit okay. 
to me, I really agree. I, I agree with Lauren Good's piece, and it links to an absolutely fantastic Wall Street Journal piece that is basically looking at um, all the information that you give out if you just order a pizza with a friend and take a selfie with it. And it's a truly mind-boggling amount of information. And this isn't, by the way, just on Android. This is on Apple mm-hmm. device. Um, I think the answer here is to for for Apple and Google behind the scenes to really tighten up control of the API and really mm-hmm. justify this use. Um, basically, when you are um, when you're trying to get certified through the App Store, right? Like if I'm trying to pull all of your photo data that's ever been released. Yeah, that's something a developer needs to be um, asking permission for when they're applying that app to be in the um, in the download store. So, I mean, for instance, when we put Revolution 60 up on iOS, you know, we have to go through and list um, like the age range that's appropriate for it. We have to justify every one of the notifications that we're pulling. Uh, we have to justify our iCloud use and explain in great detail when we're submitting to Apple which parts of iCloud we're going to use and how. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like I, I'm really that is my way of saying don't give the public more options they don't understand. Like let's do this in the back end between, you know, developers and Apple or the Google App Store. I 100% agree. Like I, I love this because I, I think that this piece is important because I think that it is important to give people this information. But that being said, I do think in the future, as you were saying, Brie, it should always be an option whether a developer can write or read it for for the photo example. And it does have to be on Apple and Google to justif- to, to judge whether an app needs that permission because our data is so valuable. And the patterns that emerge just from looking at all that data and having access to it, I'm kind of only just starting to wrap my mind around how much you can learn about a person just from these little points about their, their, the mundanity of their daily lives. And yeah, we, we, the companies that are responsible for these devices do need to take that responsibility for what app makers learn about us. This is this is really I think this is a moment in time, Simone, where the, the tech industry has to choose to grow up. Yet nine out of ten of the most valuable companies in America are tech companies. Uh you have one finance company that cracks the top ten. To a certain extent, I do think that has happened because of a very light regulatory touch. But I really think we're at a point now where we're asking if our democracy is going to function, if we're building 1984, because like, mm-hmm. let's be really honest, that's what is happening. Like yeah. these tools can be misused. And I think it's really on, I, I think it's really, honestly, I don't think Google can lead the way on this. I really think Apple needs to lead the way and build industry alliances uh, along the way to, to basically look more critically at how this information is being used. I also think I've said this a thousand times that, you know, the core issue here, and I think this never gets talked about enough is when people are using a Google product or choosing not to pay for software and using the free version that 
takes a lot of their information to do it. I just think it's worth like noting that we are in an age of skyrocketing inequality. Mm-hmm. Like it was as bad as we thought it could be 10 years ago. Today, it's even worse. And like this is really it's a it's a predatory model that takes advantage of the poor and like makes them vulnerable to identity theft, makes them vulnerable to skeezy marketing makes them it's really kind of throwing the people that can least afford privacy um, into the gears in the machine. Mm-hmm. And that's not the world I want to live in, Simone. I don't know about you, but it's not the one I want to live yeah, in. Yeah, don't. Don't yeah, like that at okay. all. Okay. Should we talk about Han Solo? Very briefly. Let's do it. So briefly. It. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> if you've watched Star Wars movies or the new trailers for the Solo, Solo movie, Solo. Um, <laughs> kill me. Solo, Solo movie, Solo. I like that. Ay, ay, ay. You might have noticed that nobody knows how to pronounce Han or Han Solo's name. Han. Yeah. You pronounce it Han. I I pronounce it both, I feel. Like, oh depending. Yeah, just like mathematically, the number of times it is in the prequel and in the in the original trilogy. If you listen to me ten times, I'm gonna say Han, and fifteen times I'm gonna say Han. So that hand just, just sneaks in there. Yeah. And they, so the, there's this great video uh, that the Verge posted. Uh, they didn't make it, but they posted it about that somebody tracked every single time it said in the that original trilogy. And apparently Lando pronounces it Han mostly, but then George Lucas also pronounces it Han. And then some other people swap back and forth between Han and Han. I don't know. That, that This is, is this, is that a normal thing? I feel like I'm almost okay with it because I feel like that those kind of like different pronunciation differences happen. But then on the other hand, they usually don't happen with like, like I don't swap up how I pronounce your name because <laughs> I know it's Brianna, not Brianna. Thank you. That drives me. It makes me so angry when people call me Brianna. Maybe it's like some, some intergalactic uh, like pronunciation rules in the future. Like, if there's an I before E, then you pronounce it Han. If you're I, in the room with know. Lando Calrissian, you pronounce right. it Han. Right. What do you think? Do you think that Solo's going to be good? Because I have to say, here's my – I'm going to ask you this question, and then I'm going to answer it myself, um, is what <laughs> I'm going to do here. Go ahead. Please, please. Everyone is super down on the trailers, but I don't think they look that bad. I think they I agree. look okay. Yeah. They look completely comparable to how Rogue One looked before it came out. Mm-hmm. Like, Rogue One really did not look good yeah. <laughs> from the previews. And, you know, in my opinion, I think it's, it, I really do. I think it's the greatest Star Wars movie that's ever come out. And not because of, uh, you know, Jen Urso. I think it is a brutal, difficult movie about the real cost of war. Susanna Polo over mm-hmm. Polygon, she said it perfectly that you know rogue one put the war back in star wars Mm -hmm. and it is like that scene they have where uh you know like they're they're talking about how like some of us didn't just get involved we've been fighting this our whole lives i tear up when i see that Mm -hmm. like i think it's an amazing movie those trailers sucked they sucked a lot so i'm i'm i 
I don't know. I'm innately less interested in this concept than the other one. But then it's like uh, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. I really just he want looks a movie about so him. good in the trailer. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like both those movies underwent reshoots. This one was considerably worse because they fired the directors. Yeah, uh, Ron yeah. Howard took over, and they did a lot differently. But I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Weirdly, I'm reserving judgment, which is so unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think, out of the three of us on the show, you were the best at reserving judgment, actually. But I'm also say. really good at being down on movies before they come out. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't. You know. So I would love to know how you feel about this. I think there's too much Star Wars right now. I really do. I and agree. I. Don't get me wrong. I love everything that's coming out. I loved The Last Jedi. But I feel like what is happening is Disney is cashing in on this to such a degree. It's like we should have a year or two to like process the last movie that came out. And I, I love Rogue One. It's probably my mm-hmm. favorite film. But I hate that it's like... And I'm still trying to process Last Jedi to see how I really feel about it. And now it's like Han Solo is coming along. I it's too much, Simone. It is. Yeah, I agree. And like I'm I'm feeling Marvel fatigue because of yep. the Marvel movies that keep being pushed out. Black Panther I managed to subvert that because it's really freaking good. But like I, I can't even wrap my mind around the fact that Infinity War is coming out like within a month. From now, there's going to be another freaking Marvel movie out. And I don't want Star Wars to be in that same boat. And of course, I enjoy the Marvel movies, but people need time to process, like you said. And we don't need, we can't be keeping up with the story that's moving this fast. No, I think that's dead on. You know, I was, uh, I I finally got a date night the other night. My husband and I went and saw uh, Syria. And, uh, yeah, it's it was the exact opposite of a Marvel movie. It's got like wonderful actors, and you know it is pretty racist the way every movie in the Middle East is racist. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a it's like there's no action scenes. It's all about them trying to save one diplomat in the middle of a struggle between you know Palestine and Israel, and it is um, it is it's just acting, and it's a really small canvas. That's the opposite of a Marvel movie. And I just, I, I really agree. It's exhausting. I will go see Infinity War because I have the Infinity Gauntlet and I have to. <laughs> like, I'm ready for that cosplay. But it's like, I'm so fundamentally tired. Even as someone that loved those comics intimately, I cannot, it's like, it's just not going to be good. Like Ant-Man and the Wasp, I feel nothing for that. Yeah. Um, they they just need less. We're so. tired. Let us yeah. sleep. Let's, uh, find something else. Speaking of sleep, what are you up to this week, Bree? Uh, well, I'm continuing to uh, to uh, turn in our signatures to the circuit clerk's offices, city clerk's offices around District 8. We're continuing to fundraise. Uh, we added a di- data sa- scientist to our staff uh, this week. Her name is Kate. That is very exciting. Uh, we gave uh, one person a big promotion uh, in our campaign that he really deserved. Uh, other than that, we are fundraising and uh, just doing our thing. All right. I am spending the rest of this week building Nintendo Labo stuff and having a oh. good freaking time. 
I'm in love with my job this week. Oh, and gosh, God of War comes out on Friday also. And uh, I will save that for next week, but it is bomb as heck. It is, is a it? rad game. And is I it? love it. Can Okay, so I, I have to ask briefly. Every God of War has been like uh, hyper-testosteronated, like sexist fantasy. Is this not that now? Nope. It is, now, I, I'm... There's it's definitely still sexist in the fact that, you know, there's like one woman character. Right. But it's it's not like that kind of gross over the top. Like there's no there's no women nude in this one for no reason. No like that's random what, yeah. nude women, no like okay, playable yeah. sex scenes, no like <laughs> I don't know, the all that like very, very kind of like cartoonishly gory but also like like gore porn kind of dealio um none of that which obviously some people like like my co-host on the polygon show ashley she loved that she loves that kind of stuff she thought it was hilarious and over the top um that's not what i'm interested in um but this game like it it's beautiful it is the mythology is very strong um and even though it does still deal with like that this story that we've seen before of like emotionally stunted dad who doesn't know how to parent his son and is <laughs> trying. He like, he reaches out his hand to touch his shoulder, but he can't bring himself to touch him. Oh. His son. It's, it's like, I, I fall for that stuff. Like I, that is my jam. I am here for it. Really? And I, 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 I know it's like, I, I'm describing it in a way that like, it is clear. If you're bothered by that, you're going to be bothered by this, but it, I think it does handle it. Like, it, it, sorry, if you're if you're sick of stories about dads trying to connect with their sons, the story might not hit for you. But <laughs> I do. I really enjoy what they have changed about the games, and I the it's beautiful. The combat is really really fun, and it's just a lot more mature, but not in that way that is used to like mean it's sexy and violent. It's just like a more grown up kind of story. Okay, I could get on board with that. I mean, I'm not, I I guess, you know, I think there's a lot of damage out there from guys that didn't have the best relationships with their father. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm like down with that, that or, or down on that story. Like yeah. Toxic masculinity, that is something. I guess I would just love to see more stories about, you know, moms trying to connect with their daughters. You know, I didn't think Lady Bird was that good, but it was the first story like that (laughs) I'd seen in so long that it was just magical because of that. Yeah, that one really hit. Yeah, uh, you sold me on it. I will. Cool. I will, um, I will see if I can play. That. I can't wait for your reaction. Uh, and right. of course, you can find my videos. I'll be streaming God of War tomorrow morning. Um, YouTube.com/slash/polygon starting at 10 a.m. Eastern, and more Labo stuff uh, when that comes out. 10 a.m. Friday Eastern as well. Uh, Bree, where can we find you online? You can find me at Space Cat Gal on Twitter. You can find me under Developer Brianna Wu on Facebook. And, you know, uh, now that we've got, we're on the ballot, like this gives me, you know, I'm right there. I think that's going to be a really magical thing to see like my name on a ballot for uh, United States Congress. But this is the point where the race really heats up. 
This is where we've got to start thinking about raising enough money for television ads. Hey. Uh, this is, you know, we've got a, a meeting with the Boston Globe this week that's going to be very, very important. So, you know, this is, this is the point where it's really going to be five of the toughest months of my life. And, uh, you know, if you would be willing to support us, I hope you'll go to supportbriana.com. Supportbriana.com. Thank That's you, Bree. And of course, if you like the show, please give it a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a friend about it. Let them know that they can get first impressions of the Nintendo Labo here on Rocket at Relay FM. Uh, thanks so much for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated, and you have to do Christina. Terminated. <laughs> <laughs>